You do your job and then what's going to make you famous, what's going to actually make you a success, is not doing your job. That's what you get paid for. What's going to make you a success is doing the stuff on top of that that you don't get asked for. You know what I mean? Surprising people. Hello and welcome back. My name is Dom Evans. I'm head of production at Fox FM in Melbourne and I've been talking to audio producers from all around the world about how they craft the sound of radio stations. Welcome to Podcast Season 2. One, My guest today is Michael Anderson, or as his birth certificate says, Sidey. Sidey looks after the imaging for Triple M Sydney, and a lot of his work can also be heard on the national Triple M network around Australia. He also has a number of stations he works on as a freelancer, and most recently joined Benstown on their custom imaging team. Then there's the countless radio awards, Iron Imager, and the voiceovers. One of the very best, here's Sidey. How long have you been imaging Triple M for? I've been here at Triple M Sydney for 23 years. Wow. So I started in um, 95 when I just turned 21. How does it feel? It feels, it feels good. Like, I mean, over the years, I've, I've always got that question, when are you going to do something else? Like, when are you going to move on? Like, why don't you start up your own agency or your own studio? <laughs> or why don't you go and, you know, and I'm like, I just, I still like it. You know, I, I still love this job. And I'm like, why would I want to go anywhere? Like, they're great to me and it's fun and the people are awesome and I'm still making great stuff. Mm. You know? Absolutely. Has it gone quick? No. There's definitely been some fun times that have gone quick, you know, two or three years here, and then there's been some long stretches of, you know, <laughs> there was a good five to eight years somewhere in the middle that was it was tough, and I'm like, you know, kind of struggled and had to, you know, always kind of trying to reinvent yourself and and constantly working with new people and just getting your head around working with new people all the time. That's one of the things, right, when you're doing a job for that long, chances are not everyone else around you is going to be doing the job for that long. So there's a lot of changeover in, in sort of team, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many people come and go and so many people come and go and then come back and then go <laughs> and then come back again. Like... <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I'm the I'm the longest serving employee here, uh, with the exception of Barb on the front desk <laughs> on the switch. Um, <laughs> like I don't know, people don't stick around very long, but mm. if they did, they'd probably have a really good time. You said there was eight years in there that was a bit of a struggle. Was that just were you just at that point where you've been doing it for a while and kind of like what's next or? You know, when you get frustrated with constant programming changes and you just kind of feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again with just with different words can be a bit frustrating and just trying to constantly come up with this great stuff that you literally just did three months ago, but now you've got to do it again with Sydney's best rock on the end, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It just can be um, tiring. When are you completely in your zone where you're just having the best time and time flies? Um. I don't know. Like, um, I had a period last year when um, the guy that was doing the breakfast show um, asked for a few weeks off and I, I put my hand up and I said, oh, yeah, I'll fill in. I work with the grill team for a few weeks. And uh, then he never came back. Right. <laughs> so five months later, I was still doing it. <laughs> and I just loved it. Like, I just getting up early and being part of a team and just just making stuff that no one asked for. 
that's when mm. I'm that's when I'm at my best when I'm making stuff that no one is asking for. Let's not kid ourselves. Barnaby made a shocking error of judgment. It's not Sydney's number one choice, but Triple M's more popular than Barnaby Joyce. Yeah. Is that one of the things you just took to the team? Uh, yeah, well, you know, that would be one of those things where Barnaby Joyce was in the news and you got to come up with the, the topical sweeper and um, mm. and I just thought of doing a jingle, you know, and, you know, just coinciding with the fact that our ratings aren't that great. So, you know, <laughs> but we're still more popular than Barnaby Joyce. Yeah. it's um. So were you asked to do a sea sweeper or did you just go, I'm just going to do one, I know it's in the news and they'll want something? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm asked to do them, but um, more often than not, I'm just watching the news and if something big is happening, you just do one. And if an idea comes to you, um, you just kind of just think of something and do it. Mm. It's stuck in my head. It's been stuck in my head ever since I heard it. <laughs> That's a win, it's right? good. That's the best thing about yeah. jingles. Yeah. Do you respond well to um, people saying, Sidey, we need a sea sweeper? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm like, you know, I can just pull an idea out of my ass anytime, so... Um, mm. I mean, it depends what you've got going on. Like, you know, if you're in the middle of a massive repackage, like I am at the moment, <laughs> um, you know, it can be hard to find the time to slot in one of those little creative things. Cause you've got like, you're in the middle of making 20 music promos or something. Mm. But when you get into the back to normal maintenance kind of, um, production, you know, it's easy kind of just to drop everything and come up with something fun. I remember talking to you many years ago and you were sort of saying that um, you use your calendar as a bit of a to-do list. Your calendar is chocked yeah. full of tasks and you just bump everything around and you were sort of saying everything's sort of always a percentage done. Is that still how you operate? Uh, yeah. Like, um, yeah, like I'll, if something's due on the Monday, I'll, um, I'll put it in my calendar for the Tuesday beforehand and I'll work on it for maybe five minutes and then I'll move on to something that's more urgent that day, but I've started it. And then mm. the next day I'll come in and I'll do another five minutes. And then by the time I get to Friday, when that is actually urgent, I've already kind of done it. Mm. And I didn't, I wasn't stressed at all. Man, that's smart. So I'm kind of working on a um, hundred projects at once, but just doing tiny little increments and then always just focusing on the main urgent one of the day as well and giving my time to that but just making sure that I'm making a start and moving forward on everything. Yeah, that's so clever. I mean, I even remember you sort of saying, even if I just I get that voice track into the session and get that bit of the voice track at the start of the session, that's, that's 1% yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be it. It could be literally day one, drag voiceover into session, label session. You know, yeah. day two, edit voiceover. You know, yeah. um, day three, find work parts. You know? It, um, and it's not due till day 20. And so, you've, you know, you're just kind of piecing it together really slowly, but um, being efficient. It's so clever. It's something that um, BT mentioned on his episode. It's something he said he'd learned over time was not to finesse it, like make it and then sleep on it. Yeah, I like that mentality. I, I, I always come back and listen to something the next day, like I'll make it and then just come back and listen to it with fresh ears. Um, and check out the mix and stuff and, and sometimes just not like the idea at all and scrap it. Do you leave a lot of ideas on the cutting room floor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just um, hours and hours of wasted time doing needless preparation. Like, I mean, I spend half an hour every day just watching the news to get grabs of reporters saying things like, you know, the mental health patient escaped <laughs> from, you know, 
Um, <laughs> and I, and, and like I might, I might find that grab and then use it ten years later, or never use it. I've, I mean, I've got like a million grabs in my grabs folder that I've never used. And then, like when it comes to writing, like you know, I'll always write like a whole bunch of scripts, and then when I go to produce them, or when I actually turn on my microphone and say them out loud, I think, oh, this is pretty shit, <laughs> and just mm. scrap it. Um, and then sometimes, I don't know, like you might make a mix of something and it just doesn't sound right. So instead of sending the PD five promos, you just send him four. Mm. Yeah, that happens all the time. How would you do a music montage like this? This is Triple M. Playing a wider mix of rock. This is something I do weird that you'll probably a shiver will go down your back. <laughs> what do you do? But I I don't I don't work to any grid. I don't work to any tempo. I just um I just start with a drum loop and I just match up the time with that. And then sometimes the time might change depending on if I chuck in a riff that doesn't work with the thing. I might slightly change the tempo. Mm. And I just use warp mode in um, Elastic Audio to move stuff around. Um, mm. I mean, I guess the big difference between mixing rock and mixing CHR is I can't fuck around with the pitch. Mm. You know, you can't fuck around with the pitch of a great rock song. No. Trip around. Let's do it. How about, um, you know, relationship with like the program director and programming team, like having said how much the team can change over time. Yeah. You know, the imaging is such a critical part of the station, but often it's removed and how do you sort of see that? Uh, I mean, if you can have a great relationship with your program director, your life will just be great. Like at work and at home. Uh, At the moment I'm working with Jamie Angel and I'm loving it. Um, But he's currently still number two in the rankings. My my favourite PD of all time was Grant Tothill. Yeah. I just loved working with Totters because... um, I'd worked with a, with a series of um, program directors that were great, but they'd come in and say like, oh, no, we need to change this. We need to change this. And I'd be like, oh, but, but why? But uh, doesn't it sound better? No, just change it. Like, all right. Anyway, Todders came along and he'd do the same thing. And I'd go, oh, but, um, but what if we do this? And uh, what if I, but doesn't it sound better if I do this? And he'd go, oh, no, the, um, the reason I want you to change it is because this, this, and this, and what we're doing with the mm. station and the mentality moving forward and the reason for this is, you know, and I go, oh, mm. okay. Yep. All right, cool. And then I just run back to my studio and make a fucking awesome promo that everyone loved, you know? Yeah. It's so Sydney, you can smell it. Sydney's 104.9 Triple M. Now I'm working with Jamie and it's it's a kind of um, probably a good example of, you know, how to build a reputation with a program director because I think for me and Jamie it was clunky in the beginning and a few years of, you know, um, getting on each other's nerves and being intimidated by each other and arguing <laughs> and, you know, I think, we, I think the one thing that was always there was this mutual respect though and, um, mm. you know, We've been working together a while now and now we've just got this perfect kind of um, chemistry that we work really great together and he knows how to talk to me and I know how to talk to him and we know what each other wants and I know what he wants and he knows what I like doing and you know what I mean? Like, mm. 
That's it's autonomy, isn't it? It's when you're happy in a role, um, and, and you know. And we're talking about the sound of the station. Like we're not talking about running cables along the floor. Like yeah. if the person that's doing the sound of the station isn't in like a good spot with the yeah. programmer, nah. that station is not going to sound good. I, I try to tell, like, I try to tell program directors that if you can give your imaging guy some sort of ownership over the station, like me at my best around 2005, like I was just. Writing, I was doing everything. I was even scheduling music. I was like, really? It was Triple M was Sidey FM, and it was awesome. <laughs> uh, that's when I was just at my best. And yeah, I think um, I can't remember who the PD was. Probably probably Todders, and then someone else. I think, <laughs> but um, yeah. No, if you can give your imaging guy some sort of ownership over what they're doing, they'll just become more passionate about it, and you'll end up getting what you want mm. instead of working over their shoulder. And telling them exactly, like micromanaging, you know, and just beating them down all the time, you know, you won't get what you want. No, totally. You know, how do you work with formulas? If they came to you and said, right, Sadi, we need 10 promos, 4 12 hours, 15 sweepers, like, do you find that a little bit restrictive and kind of like, well, let's just do five good ones, you know? That's exactly what I'm doing right now because, <laughs> um, because we're just doing this campaign on Triple M about Sydney's widest mix of rock. Mm. I think it just got wider or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have. I've got 20, 30-second promos, 10, 15-second promos, um, 10 breakfast show promos, uh, 10 lineup promos. Oh, and it's on air Tuesday. But that was last Tuesday, uh, actually. Um, but um, like when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I just see that as a big job. You just got to get it done. You can't be creative. You can't be overly creative. You just got to get it done. Mm-hmm. If you do have creative sweeps on the list of to do, maybe save them to last. Mm-hmm. And just, but I just try to power through all the kind of heavy lifting and just get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I can't be creative when I'm under the pump. Like I, I actually that's wrong. I can't be creative when I'm under the pump. In fact, sometimes I'm most creative when I'm busy. But when you've got that list that you've got to churn through, it's just your mind just you know. It's too much for me. I just like to get through it as quick as possible. And then, like, I don't know if some of it isn't good enough, go back and do some of it again. But, you know, I think to be creative, you need a little bit more kind of um, time and, I don't know, just not that pressure. Like, you can still do it really quick, but you don't have the pressure. I think, you know, I'm picturing 15 funny sweeps and you kind of think, well, I might only have three great ideas. Yeah, no, when it comes to, like, doing – Topical stuff or funny stuff um, or just refreshing imaging with, like, funny lines, I won't have a number attached. You know, I'll just – I'll try to do nine because I just like nine. But okay. um, if I can't, I'll just send three, you know. It's a 40-minute non-stop triple M rock mix with the barbershop quartet for no reason. Absolutely no reason. Yeah, I mean, that kind of random stuff is, is always good. I mean, the best ideas are ones that are actually kind of amusing. Like, I reckon imaging should be content, you know? Mm. Like, I'm, I'm really good at working in short constraints of time. Like, you know, if you can get good at, at making content in a short, short sweep, like 12 seconds, um, that's, that's a great length to sit in the station. It's still short enough to not affect the music, but you can give them a bit of a content hint or a laugh. That's what yeah. I reckon imaging should be half the time. And then the other half, it should be, like riffs and like, you know. I think especially for rock, like if you go in between two songs and say this is Triple M and we're really great, 
That's okay, cool. That's one thing. But if you do something funny, that leaves such a brand impression over that little cold sweep. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story. Tell me a funny story. Jamie Angel went on holidays a few years ago, and while he was away down the south coast, I made this sweep up, um, a spontaneous medley of farts. <laughs> and uh, apparently when he was coming back into Sydney, it was the first thing he heard when he switched on Triple M. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? And now, a spontaneous medley of farts. It only went to air once. <laughs> Some of the best stuff only goes to air once. I remember years ago, we had the positioner um, Triple M, you never know what we'll play next. Um, and I made a jingle specifically for, I think it was December 23. Actually, you can play this one too. You'll never know what we'll play next, especially on December 6. You'll never know what we'll play next, especially on December 6. Well, December 6 is a really tricky day. What, are we doing jingles for every day of the year now? Actually, you're probably right. This is going to be too much work. Yeah, let's just go get a beer. <coughs> Triple M. Will they have so many spots an hour where they're doing something like that or will they just manually do what feels right when they're scheduling? Just changes all the time. Like um, mm-hmm. they'll go through periods where, you know, we want to strip it back, we want to make it really clean so they'll just have a whole bunch of short ADs and other times they'll be like, you know, we want to push this and we want to push that and they'll have messages and then occasionally you get um, free spots where you can have a bit of fun. You love the grill team, the triple and grill team. Everyone loves the grill team. Were they bits you were making when you were filling in on breakfast? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. And now I've kind of just continued that now. I just, um, uh, just kind of make new jingles for them whenever I think of an idea. Um, I actually made a couple this morning. So it just depends. The Grill Team. Those guys would love that stuff, wouldn't they? Yeah, they love it. It's good. It's, the best thing is when, you can, when you're working with a show is to just give them something that they didn't expect, like that they didn't ask for. That's what I try mm. to tell people, the young people of today. Um, <laughs> like that's what I try to say. And like some people get it, some people don't. But you do your job and then what, mm. what's going to make you famous, what's going to actually, actually make you a success is not doing your job. That's what you get paid mm. for. What's going to make you a success is doing the stuff on top of that that you don't get asked for. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, just surprising people. And that's the, that's the stuff that I love doing. And I always like at the end of every day I make time to kind of fuck around and just make stuff that like I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. You know, I don't even know what I'm starting out. I'm thinking just sitting here like trying to think of an idea for something and I'm like, oh, I might do something for Roy and HG today or I might make a beat mix riff ID or something, you know? Just mm. random, you know, you don't plan it. You just allow yourself free creative freestyling time. That's amazing. Do you sort of feel a bit, um, I don't know what the word is, I was going to go flat but maybe not that way, you sort of you get through the day and you've done a whole bunch of sort of like nuts and bolts stuff. Is that bit at the end where you're like, I'm not leaving till I've done something fun today. I need to have a crack at some creative stuff. Nah, I usually go home. I usually just um, write it off. In fact, I had one of those days yesterday where I was just really flat chat all day. And then I thought, um, 
you know, I hadn't hadn't done a very long day, but I'd been just flat chat rushing around and I was just buggered. So I thought, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go home. And then I got up super early and I came in really early today and I've already done a new opener for the breakfast show. I've done two jingles. Um, you know, I've made um, all the footy promos for the week. You know, like I've been super productive and I've done some fun stuff Like because I came back fresh. Mm. I think that's what you got to do. And like if people like producers are working with me and I can see they're tired, I was like, look, go home, come back tomorrow fresh, you know? Yeah. And for those listening, it's 8.04 a.m. So he's done all that, 8.04. Yeah. It's been productive, actually. Good morning. Haven't even had a coffee. What? Nah. It's criminal. I'm trying to do this keto diet. What the fuck am I doing? (laughs) How are you finding that? (laughs) The keto diet? Yeah. I'm on day two. I'm just desperately, (laughs) I want a coffee so bad, I could just fucking just, Yeah, okay. Let me know how you go with that. All yeah. the best with it, right? All right. Okay, let's go with the jingle. Can I be in the jingle? Uh, Triple M Modern Digital. Triple M Modern Digital. <laughs> Can I do that? Yeah, well, you just did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M Modern Digital. I remember you saying to me ages ago that you don't consider yourself to be a particularly fast producer. Do you still, does that still resonate? Or have you sped up since then? <laughs> um. I don't know. This is when I was in Sydney for like six minutes. Yeah. And I was uh, I was like, hey, can I sit in with you and just see how you work? It was just for like 15 years ago or something? Yeah, it was a well, long time ago. Hi, Zardy! And you said it said to me, you were like, um, I think you said that you weren't particularly quick. I think maybe the idea of someone watching you, maybe, I don't know, do, mm. do you not like people watching you or something maybe? You know what? I don't mind anymore. I didn't really like it because I always get embarrassed that my sessions are too simple or... um. Or that I'm spending too much time on the first one second of the promo. And I'm like, <laughs> what's he doing? Why has he been listening to that guitar riff for, for an hour? You know? Yeah. They'll be sitting in here and I'll be like, <laughs> and like, and they get, they're like, what's he doing? It sounds exactly the same. And I'm like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, um, you know, like I've seen other people's, session templates and like, you know, with plugins and auxiliaries and, and, um, you know, automation and, and all this stuff and, um, and a million tracks and, and pitch and time. And I've done all that stuff in the past too. Like I show you some of my old sessions that were like hectic as fuck, but now mm. I just like a couple of mono tracks, few stereos, no plugins. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell me about that because in the end of the day, man, it's not like no one ever, you know, hung their hat on a Pro Tools session. It's all about the sound and your yeah. sound is incredible. So so how do you keep it so simple yet make this killer stuff? Like how do you do that without plugins or? Like so my session has nothing in it. It's just um, a few blank mono tracks and a few blank stereos, no plugins anywhere, no auxiliaries, mm-hmm. no mastering anything. And um. And I just do everything in audio suite now. And I've been working like that for about, I think, three or four years now. And I did it Mm. initially because I was just forever frustrated by my CPU power running out. And like, (laughs) you know, plug in, please, please deactivate this plug in because you're running short of CPU power. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I want to use every plug in I've got in every session. So I do Mm. that by using audio suite. And I just started... um, you know, originally I think I used it a bit, but now I'm, I literally just do it on everything. And it's all destructive editing, but, 
you know, I just keep the raw files. You can go back and fix it if you want. You know, I was spending heaps of time trying to make things sound right and sound perfect and forever comparing my stuff to other people's work, like, you know, on SoundCloud and, you know, trying to get the mastering sounding different and just spending hours and hours and hours retweaking my session template settings. And I thought, fuck it. I'm just going to delete everything. <laughs> and now I just, like, don't try to overthink anything. And and if it's not perfect, it's just not perfect. Maybe the next one will be, you know? Mm. And I just kind of don't care because half the time you kind of just work with half an ass and it ends <laughs> up sounding better. Like it's, it blows yeah. my mind. Like sometimes I just, I go, I, I turn, I open a session. I think, oh, fuck get this done as quick as I can. I don't care about this promo. And then I'm finished. I'm like, holy shit, that's going on my Acre entry. We like to mix it up. Oh. And no, we're not talking keys in a bowl. <laughs> oh. Triple M's 40-minute non-stop rock mix. What's your um, impression of the state of CHR radio at the moment? Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell, actually, because, I don't know, in Sydney... Everything's kind of changing at the moment. Like, do we actually have CHR at the moment? Like, I don't know. Everything everything seems to be that kind of AC. I don't know. It's not like it was. It's not as hot and unless you're listening at night. Mm. Um, I mean, I love I love everything I hear. I mean, I I do think that a lot of it's just kind of tends to sound the same though. Mm-hmm. Like I think everybody's kind of got the Konsky preset and they just um sure. you know, everyone's got their idol and everybody's trying to make create stuff that sounds like their idol or as good as their idol and then mm. eventually put a spin on it. But maybe with CHR there's less wiggle room to put that spin on it. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess what you could you, you could say do- the same thing about any format really. It's a good point though. Um, I think a lot of producers, I've certainly been guilty of it, uh, you end up producing for the producer in the next room more than the listeners. Or the format or the station? Yeah, yeah. Or like, you, you know, you want to impress someone. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, I've always got that in my head. Like, you, yeah, but that's kind of good too because, you know, program directors can't hear stuff that we can hear, you know, and, it, and mm. it's great. If we can impress them and do it right for what they want, that's awesome. But if we can do it and impress fellow imaging people as well, then we're going to, have to be doing something that subliminally the program director is going to be like, oh, man, this sounds really cool, but I don't know why I like it, but it's mm-hmm. something, you know, they don't know. They just don't get mm. it. They never will. <laughs> they know what they like and don't like and they can hear it. Like Jamie Angel would know if a junior stepped into your role, if you were off for the sick for the day or something and someone stepped in, he'd hear it and go, yeah, why oh, does everything a suck? Shit wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why does everything suck? Yeah, yeah, like it happens all the time. It's like the best thing about, you know, you got to go on holidays every now and then. <laughs> To mm. remind them. That's the skill to what we do that they don't understand. Waking up on Triple M With the grill team in your head You should be getting out of bed But you're scratching your nuts instead Stop scratching your nuts and get up. Let's talk Iron Imager. How did you find uh, that process, that whole experience with the guys? Yeah, it was really cool. Like, um, initially... Um, Benstown said, oh, why don't you enter? And I'm like, oh, nah, like, you know, it's like people all around the world. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and I did an entry and um, I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Anyway, um, I won and I got through and I flew over there and took on um, Dan Kelly and um, 
it was um oh it was so stressful. I'd never worked on a laptop before, so I borrowed um one of the laptops from the Benstown guys and and um <laughs> in fact like when the, the the clock started and the power ran out, I said, "Do do you have a power adapter? Like the competition had already started. <laughs> and so that ate, that ate into my 60 minutes. And then you get given the format and you've got to make a promo using all their work parts in 60 minutes. And the promo that I had to make was news talk. And it was, mm. a, and it had, it was a news talk promo about the American election. And I was against a guy from New York. And, um, and so I won that. And then the next year came back. And this punk from Melbourne, Brad Leesk, <laughs> um, fucking awesome guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. We had to make a rhythmic, what do they call it? Rhythmic, I don't even know what the CHR. fuck it was. Yeah. And actually that's when I first um, heard about Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I had to make yeah. a promo. And if you listen back to it, my promo sounds like a rock promo for Kendrick Lamar. Hey, Alexa, who's making America great again? Power 95.7. I got a bone to pick. My search shows Kendrick Lamar. Everybody want to cut the legs off. I have a great relationship with Kendrick Lamar. Every day this summer, we're giving you Kendrick. We be all right. Feel good, This is tremendous. Hugo tweet something. Hashtag making up new words. Mother- Kendrick and Cash. Plus two tickets to the damn tour with Kendrick Lamar. Listen for the big deal. Cue to call. Be caller 95 and we'll make your bank account great again. This deal is so huge. We won't Kendrick and Cash all summer. The folk shall be within you. Power 95.7. And um, I thought it was pretty cool. It was pretty close, actually. Like, it was a good contest. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, got to, you get to hang out with everyone over there and you go to the radio summit and met heaps of people and, like, made heaps of contacts. It's just really awesome kind of meeting all these different people and everyone wants to talk to you and, you know, they're all creatives too. So it's just a really kind of inspiring kind of place. Yeah, what a cool experience, man. It was awesome. Would you call this an art or a science, Sadi? Ooh. Oh, my God. You know what? Um, well, it's definitely an art, but I'm really into the science part of it too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys work in pitch and stuff. I don't really care about that too, too much, but like <laughs> frequencies and stuff, you know, just frequencies and, you know, positioning things in a mix to make it them sound like they're in the same space that kind of sonic stuff, it's got to be a science, right? Yeah, absolutely. I hope it is because I'm wearing a lab coat and I feel like a <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> and I've got all these speakers. Well, I actually got to turn my Bunsen burner off. Give me a second. Do you think your style has changed much over time? Yeah, definitely. It's only recently that I've just just stopped and become happy with the producer that I am and I know what my sound is now. But I, But for 15 years I was listening to people like, you know, I was trying to get that big theatrical sound that Tomo had. I was trying to get that, that super fast comedy thing that John Frost does. I'd, the first time I ever had a crack at a jingle, I, I did something on air and then I heard something Konsky had done and it's was like, oh, man, his sounds he's better. And um, mm. I pulled it apart and, and listening to um, like Matt Dower and Ben Ryan, who I was lucky to work with for years, like, and just pulling apart how they make stuff and how they mix stuff together and, you know, I mean, Matt Dow used to do this thing where he just kind of um, get sci-fi drones from like Final Fantasy and stuff, and he'd put it in the, underneath a rock promo. I'm like, why does that sound so fat? And it's because it's got something from Final Fantasy underneath it. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
and then and then kind of putting it all together to kind of create your own sound. And I think my sound was always kind of quirky rock, and just kind of been trying to tweak that the whole time to make it sonically better, you know. And I think I'm at the point now where mm. my stuff is great creatively. I can work fast, come up with different ideas, and sonically, I'm pretty happy with everything. I'd be happy if I was producing your quality of work, my friend. Well, I mean, the quality of work coming out from people here is insane. Like, and everyone mm. has their own style. I love your style. Like, your style oh, thanks, is like um, this hot CHR, but it's kind of got a raw, organic feel. Like, it's like, um, it's not overproduced. Just feels like it flows really nicely. Thanks, man. Then you got people like you know over the road at Kiss that you know just produce the fuck out of it, and then when it's finished, they produce it again, and then they produce it again. <laughs> just let's produce this again, motherfucker. You know, make it that that big kind of. You know, they stick a microphone in a cave and get their their bear to go kiss. And everyone's kind of got their different sound. And you know, I heard you talking to um, Chris Kubaki. And how he's, his sound has developed. And he's fucking awesome too. Mm. Is there anything you think's not being passed down? Like do you sort of see producers coming through and you think this is all great but we're losing the art of this or that? Um, I don't know. I think maybe just the, the art of mixing. Like um, they're not really mixing. they just kind of got this, this plug-in on the end that's squashing everything and you know, just kind of the art of actually finessing the mix before you master that kind of stuff. Mm. That's probably lost, I reckon. Yep, that's a fair point. I'm not doing anything on my master at the moment. I'm just like, mm. just like fucking letting my, you know, fucking pants off. Just like, you know, <laughs> just whatever happens, happens. <laughs> if it blows up Zeta because it overloads, if it's too loud, uh. And, man, it sounds awesome. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your time, brother. I absolutely love your work. Always have. No worries. Thank you so much. Very excited to be part of it. What an absolute legend. Sidey, thank you again, my friend. Um, That was outstanding. Make sure you follow Sidey on SoundCloud, and he's also on Twitter as well. One of the absolute very best. Next week, a producer who started off at NZME, moved over to the UK and ended up being head of production for Capital and now works for Imager, Chris Nickel. You know, I stopped thinking about this piece has to be the funniest thing I ever made or the best thing I ever made and actually started to think this piece needs to fit into the context of the entire radio station and what are we trying to do and who are we communicating to. And, you know, I think I grew up real fast in a real short space of time. Feel free to get in contact at podcastshow at gmail.com. I'm at Dom Evans AU on Twitter. Until next week, thanks so much for listening.